0: Live from the historic River Market District in Kansas City,
1: Missouri, from the banks
0: of the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River.
1: It's two douchebags Bags and a podcast,
0: ready to invade your 2, Three, two,
1: one.
2: Get us rolling here.
1: Okay. All right. Two douchebags and a microphone. Several microphones. Eight thousand microphones. Yes. yes. <laughs> because uh, we're doing so well, we had to order more microphones.
2: More microphones is good. There, I'm going to turn up the headphone mm. volume a little bit.
1: Ooh. I ordered two espresso shots in my coffee, and it <laughs> is showing.
2: Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, something I thought uh, uh, I was thinking about this morning. i was been thinking about it, actually, for the last few days. Um What got me thinking about it was every time during the Chiefs preseason game, they would make sure to say, G-E-H-A Field at Arrowhead Stadium.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm already sick of it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, real quick, I want to clarify something. My toe tapping is not airport style. My toe tapping is because I had too much much espresso. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Some people will get that. Some people won't. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so all right, go ahead. G E H A field.
2: Yeah, I noticed that, you know, as, as the ooh, excuse me. Oh that hurt my teeth. Yeah, that was a that was a rough one there. I must have oh, had a lot yeah. of cabbage last night. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as the starters would it would uh, leave the game, they get interviewed on the sideline and the the sideline reporter would start by saying, you know, how great is it to get back here to G-E-H-A Field at Arrowhead Stadium? You know, she didn't just say, you know, home stadium, at home, Arrowhead. No, she had to say the whole phrase. And then the first thing out of Mahomes' mouth is, yeah, we really enjoy playing here at... G E H A Field at Arrowheads. See, he had to say it t- also. Now, do you think that they pay each player to say that? I think they require. They each require payer. each player. Yeah, to it's say part of game. being in the NFL, is when the naming rights are bought and paid for. If you work for the NFL, you have to use the naming rights. You have to use the name that's on the naming rights. And after they both each said it once, then they went back to saying, you know, Arrowhead or Home or that kind of thing. But they each had to say it once. I get it. And get get it it. out of the way. So that got me thinking about naming rights. And uh, I've I've wondered about the Ronald McDonald House. I'm going to start
1: naming myself naming rights. I'm going to go, uh, Mark Wallace here, sponsored by... I don't know. City Market Coffee. Yes. <laughs> city Market Coffee uh, Field here at Mark Wallace Stadium. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up my coffee using my Swift Trucking Lines left arm. To... <laughs> 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 so you know, I, my I, Gatorade
1: today is sponsored expressly by Hand <laughs> Express. There you go.
2: Yeah, I have heard of like high school football teams using having a. Either their offensive line or defensive line sponsored by a trucking line, and when they would introduce the team, they would in, they would use the naming rights name when talking about, and that didn't last too long because you know these are these are high school kids and their school was going beyond their scope trying to make money off of it.
1: Yeah, you know, Biggin could have been sponsored by I don't know a dental. Yeah, uh, and yeah, a yeah a, uh, yeah, a dentist office mm-hmm.
2: or. Uh, if he had to do public service work, the maybe uh, raising awareness for vaccines.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> like for rabies, or <laughs> hey, look, someone else agreed with this. Yeah, us. really. They're laughing, they thought that was yeah. great. <laughs> That's our laugh track today. Whoever yes. did that, we need to just keep doing that.
2: <laughs> well, years ago, uh, the first time that I worked at the Argentine post office, there was a building near.
1: Um, not the uh, not the country.
2: No, no. I'm saying. In fact, I misspoke. Not Argentine. Rosedale, the one down by Ku. Okay,
1: Argentine is also a district here. Yeah. In the Kansas side of Kansas City.
2: That was uh, Argentine. Was where they did a lot of silver mining and smelting. Uh, that's how really? it got nicknamed Silver City because argent is means silver. Yeah. Um, in fact, there was a big chunk of land down there um, that I used to drive by on the way to do my routes down there that was vacant for just decades and because the ground was so heavily polluted by the silver uh, smelting and refining operations, Kind of like uh,
1: the old Amoco refinery yeah. in Sugar Creek.
2: Uh-huh.
1: They went on that land, they had to dig it up and replace the first two feet of topsoil yeah. and all that. Yeah.
2: So this patch down in Argentina, they finally, they've put in like a, a Walmart neighborhood market, one of the smaller Walmarts and some other things so they oh, finally yeah. are able to develop it. But uh, let's see. That's good.
1: Naming now, rights. Okay. Now, so now the old Standard Oil one mm-hmm. uh, in Sugar Creek. Let's see. Um, I think I called it Amoco, but it was Standard at the time.
2: Yeah, I I, mean, same company. They just went the cancer rates changes. there
1: were astronomical in Sugar Creek for years, and they couldn't yes. figure out why. And then they uh, they directly um, tied it to the refinery, and they made the refinery, even though it really it wasn't in existence anymore. It already sold to Amoco. They made him replace the first, uh, uh, the two, first feet two feet of, soil. of, of yeah. soil and other things too. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. But go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Um, so yeah, I was working in the in the Rosedale area, and there's a there was a large historic building there that at the time was a Ronald McDonald House. Because mm-hmm. um, you know the Ku Med Center is nearby the the Ronald McDonald. It's actually a group of charities now international as the they provide places to uh, for parents of sick kids to stay. They provide rooms off campus.
1: Which for... I think is amazing that um, someone saw this and saw a need years ago. It was like, you know, people would love to be with their children, mm-hmm. but on a lot of cases, they couldn't afford to.
2: Yeah. Now, local churches still do this a lot. Yeah. You know, it's just they're not organized into one, you know, big Well, it's hard for so.
1: someone to find it out. Like, let's say someone's in Kansas City because of a specialist that's here. Yeah. And they don't know the churches. They don't know who. You know, yeah. it's really hard to connect to that.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it is actually, it's actually it has been a, long, uh, a long-standing a uh, idea and expectation of the federal government that just the, your average everyday citizen would take up a lot of the slack in, in providing uh, charity, safety nets, uh, disaster relief, etc. It shouldn't all come from the, go- from the government. It should come from us, too. Yes. Uh, so, like, say uh, um, someone comes into town to check with a specialist and they're a Lutheran, they can contact a local Lutheran church and say, is there some place that my family and I can stay? And, you know, the Luth- local Lutheran you know, organization or whoever's in charge of this area, whatever, can look into that, etc., but the Ronald McDonald House kind of took it and said, "Okay, now now everyone knows what to ask for. You know, this is what we'll do." Um, but I wondered, did McDonald's start that, or did they buy the naming rights? And apparently, McDonald's did start that themselves in '74. So it's it's not an it's not an example of you know someone had a good idea and McDonald's bought the naming rights because they did come up with it and they do maintain it, but they only pay about twenty percent of its annual budget. Really. So the other eighty percent comes from everybody else. So I was wondering, does twenty percent really get you the naming rights? If they want to call it the Ronald McDonald House, shouldn't they be providing at least two-thirds of its annual budget if they want to call it with their name and get the, get the credit for it, get the PR for it, get you to feel good about McDonald's and come in and buy more of their food because of it? Is yeah. 20% really enough for all the benefit they're wreaking? It seems pretty callous and jaded and cynical for McDonald's to just throw a little money at something and then get all the rewards and all the benefits.
1: I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Um, By the way it looks and how they promote it, it looks like they're almost 100% in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: And when I found out that it wasn't 100% funded by McDonald's, I was probably like 10 years old at the time. I was... Well, I would have been older than 10 because it didn't start till 74, so I would have been 13 then. So, but any, I was a teenager, and it, it hadn't been out for very long, apparently. You know, it was mm-hmm. in the 70s. And even back then, McDonald's didn't fund it 100%. It was just just enough to get it going and secure the naming rights, and then everybody else has to pick up 80% of the load of keeping it going. You see, to me, that's kind of dirty. It, it, yeah, yeah. It... it, it I'm glad they're doing it, I'm glad it's there, I'm glad they're putting at least so 20% my, but in, like, but at the same time, it's like they're getting so much more out of it. It's like like a rich guy with a yacht who's at, a, at the scene of a voting accident, and he saves one person instead of saving 300
1: yeah, he's like, oh, I've done my job. You guys yeah. got to go in there and save yeah. the rest of them.
2: And he feels like king of the world because he saved one person and thinks everyone should kiss his ring. Yeah. It's like, uh-uh. And, That's and not also, good enough. And also,
1: another thing here that gets me, and other people may not see this like this, but, okay, they know that if people attach themselves to this name, that suddenly they're gold. Yeah. They know that, that people will flock to this name. That's how come they get away with 20% is people are like, oh, Ronald McDonald Charity House, you donate, have-
0: like, like stated before, before if, if you, you believe anything, anything we say, or, or think this podcast, podcast anything, anything
1: other, other than, than hyperbole, hyperbole parody, parody, and, and just, just plain, plain stupidness, stupidness, you're, you're dumber, dumber than, than us, us, and that's hard to beat. That, oh yeah, yeah, we donate 40%, oh mm-hmm. my god, you know, all of a sudden you're gold.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and you see,
1: they know this.
2: It, it's, it's a place for people to hide what they're doing wrong because exactly. the shine of poor little sick kids and their families makes people not want to look for the cockroaches scurrying around underneath.
1: Yeah, here and I got an example, like the NFL and the big CTE thing. Yeah. One of the things they did to help it go away is they uh, gave a lot of money to Ronald McDonald House. Uh, that was one of the things yeah. that they did, yeah. among a lot of other things. Gave yeah. to veteran societies, and stuff yeah. like that. So, uh, yeah, I see what you mean exactly. Just on that alone, will mm-hmm. kind of frame exactly what you're saying. It's yeah. like, well, we really kind of knew about this brain dysfunction, and we really didn't really do anything about it, but hey, look...
2: Look what we we're doing now. We just gave
1: $30 million to McDonald, Ronald McDonald House. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, everyone's happy. Oh, okay, forget it. You uh-huh. know, forget the brain disorder. Who cares? Thank you, guys.
2: No. I guess we all have an internal statute of limitations that yes, we apply we to things. we do. You know, the, the, you have the legal one, which says, you know, after a certain length of time, this this crime is no longer prosecutable. Um, some things are always prosecutable. They never never go away. But we all personally tend to, to have our own limit. It's like, okay, this guy was a jerk back in you know the 80s. He's done all this good stuff since, so eh, I'll give him a pass, you know? I think he's an all right guy. Uh, others, they never get that break. But you can buy your way back into respectability by associating yourself with a bulletproof cause. And a bulletproof cause would be like, you you, you can't put environmental in anything Uh, that can't be bulletproof environmental anything because there's always people who are environmental deniers or the businesses that want less regulation but sick kids, bulletproof crippled kids birth defects, bulletproof no one can attack that in any way, shape, or form without being a monster you can't say that it's you know, money better spent elsewhere because that makes you a monster. It's 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 one of those charities that, by its very existence, exudes goodwill and decency. So you can buy your way into that and let some of that rub off on you, mm-hmm. and still be the you know, horrible, heartless, cold, cruel corporate raider that you are
1: well look at all these corporations that do cutthroat business like all these bankings and 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 all these loan agencies and all these things that do all these mean shit
2: and somebody's financing all those sweatshops that still exist Yes. yes yes but they buy themselves credibility and niceness by saying oh we give to these charities we support this we support that and you know, the American Cancer Society, that's another bulletproof one. If you support them, nobody can say that's a bad thing.
1: No, that's true. As a matter of fact, uh, Mr. Creepy is working on a, a, a segment for this show right here. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, he's working on it about the intellectual that tries to talk down to people.
0: Oh, yeah, and.
1: And it really connects some of the dots of what we're talking about, so you'll uh, you'll hear it later on in here. But Mr. I'll Creepy, is, yeah, yeah, Mr. Creepy's pretty adamant about this. <laughs> so I think Mr. Creepy was probably I don't know doing some acid or something the other night, and a moment of clarity <laughs> yeah. hit him. So he's all fumed up. He may not like us, but he's still going to do this segment just because he wants to be on the air.
2: Yeah, we've yeah. we've agreed to continue working together. Keeps,
1: yeah, yeah, we agreed. He keeps uh, sending me burping sounds on my phone, little snippets. What's he doing here? Is he doing anything?
2: No, but his uncle has been calling me. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Uncle Bruce? No, this is Uncle Sif.
1: Oh, Uncle Bruce was him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know
2: about Uncle Sif. Yeah, Seth. yeah. 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 I'll, I'll fill you in on Uncle Sif later, but he's been calling me. Uh, and, and, is it
1: short for syphilis? Uh-huh.
2: That's what I'm guessing, because oh, okay. he sounds like he's a little out there, but he's, yeah, he. He doesn't like the way we're treating his his nephew. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That sounds like typical, yeah, that sounds like Mr. Creepy all the way. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, Uncle Bruce is him, and he swears up and down it's not him. Yeah. And he burps and screams profanities at me. (laughs) And then when I call him out and say, this is you, Mr. Creepy, he'll swear up and down it's not.
0: Yeah. So
1: I'll have to record him one of these days and maybe put it in a segment. Yeah. Mr. Creepy is Uncle Bruce, even though he's squares up and down. It's not him.
2: Yeah. So, Do you ever see Mr. Creepy and, and his Uncle Bruce at the same place at the same time?
1: No. No. no I, think so. I don't believe yeah. Uncle Bruce is around. Just like this new Uncle S- Sif. Sif? Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe that shit either. He yeah. just made it up. So you, you got to understand, know, Mr. Creepy, so. creepy is a very complex uh, person. He's just. Um, um,
2: but you know, if, if he's if he. Gave a lot of money to, say, St. Jude's and then bragged about it. He could buy himself a whole lot of goodwill that way.
1: Yes, he could. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll, we'll see where uh, life takes Mr. Creepy.
2: Yeah.
1: We just know that he's got to be a part of the podcast. I've fielded enough complaints about him not being around lately. I'm like, hey, what am I supposed to do? You know, Mr. Creepy's got a Mm -hmm. somewhat warped and jaded mind of his own. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so... That's why I was thinking about, naming rights and, and, and what they can get you. For the most part, we all ignore them. I don't yes. know a single person who calls, there's a, an amphitheater out in Bonner Springs that I know as Sandstone. And yeah. it's, to me, it's always going to be Sandstone.
1: I always call it Sandstone, too. And if nothing else, out of protest. Yeah. And, yeah, you
2: know, it, it's been through at least three different name changes. And there's somebody who's paid the naming rights for it right now, but they're not sending me the check, so I'm not going to use their name.
1: Is it still Azura? It might be. Even though I said the name, and I probably shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> or was it the, some medical? It was some medical thing. for No, a while, it was wasn't before. It? It was like Providence or something. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, the yeah. fucking Providence death camp. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: but if you, know, you don't want to live anymore. What I don't get is when allegedly, nonprofits start buying naming rights.
1: That's what gets me is because that? at that moment as a non profit. If you really truly think about it. And,
2: and it gets back to the whole I mean, stupidity of per raising se, awareness. It's non-profit, a, yeah. But
1: when you're taking a slice of that money and not giving it to what it's supposed uh-huh. to go to, then all of a sudden it's going to a profit company. Uh-huh. So. And then
2: and they'll use the they'll use this tired old cliche of, Well, we're raising awareness.
1: I'm so sick of that.
2: I'm so it's such a cop out. You know, raising awareness means I don't want to do anything, but I want credit for thinking about it. Exactly. That's all it means.
1: Yeah. And Which is just complete shit.
2: Yeah. So, so if a nonprofit buys naming rights and say, "Well, it's to raise awareness," no, somebody was getting paid off. Exactly. And so, if a nonprofit's doing that, it's like they're off my list. I don't no. donate it to anymore. If they're
1: spending money on naming rights, don't awareness money. to me means this big slush fund. Yeah. It means you got this big pool of money mm-hmm. that you're just in air quotations raising awareness for. Yeah. So you're not going going okay. Well, we have statistically we have fifty thousand cancer patients right now that need rides back and forth to work. Yeah. We need we have another seventy thousand that need medications. We have another fifty thousand that need a place to live while they're getting treatment. Yeah. There's none of that. It's just like oh, we're just going to let people know about this. So think about that slush fund. Yeah. And then not to mention that certain organizations, in my opinion, allegedly, like uh, Susan G. Komen,
0: oh, yeah. go around
1: and solicit all these big companies and pretty much, you know, I'm yeah. to me it's almost like uh, allegedly the Rainbow Coalition where they come in and go, hey, look, uh, you're going to uh, contribute. But, uh, well, uh, nah, we don't really want to be associated with you. Well, that's okay. And all right, then let's get the word out.
2: Yeah, it becomes a protection racket.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Either either pay money to us and associate associated with us, or we'll tell everyone that you refuse to.
1: Yes. So, uh, you know, to me, that's beyond the realm of any type of help. To me, it's just bullshit.
2: Well, and there's another B word that fits. Bullying.
1: Bullying, yeah. Actually, it's more bullying. I mean, it is Mm -hmm. bullshit, but bullying. Yeah. It's like, if you don't, then we're going to make sure that everybody knows that you hate people with cancer. Yeah. Exactly.
2: What? Or they get you at the checkout counter and say, "Do you want to donate an extra five that dollars?" That pisses me off. Just as a these... matter of
1: fact, I want my money back at yeah. that point. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then they'll show you a picture of some, you know, poor person with some illness or deficiency or lack, and say, "Do you want to give ten dollars to this person?" And what do you think I'm going to say?
1: That guy's an actor. <laughs> that guy's an actor. No.
2: Yes. No. You know, maybe you've been trying to, you know, chat up the person behind you in line because you know they look pretty cute and. Then you're stuck with that. It's like, if I say no, then I'm a jerk, right? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, Thanks they look the other way, in the way oh, shoot, price chopper.
1: of cheap a bitch. If I went out on a date <laughs> with him, I'd be
0: paying.
2: Really?
1: Yeah. No, that is a form of bullying Yeah. because it makes you look like an asshole.
2: South Park did a whole episode ca- about that. I get that. off it pretty on hilarious. it now. I get
1: off on it now. I'm like, no. You know, are, are, if, uh, you if, do it first.
2: You know, if they ask me, do you want to donate for this? Then I say, okay, but you you donate to mine. And then I'll whip my phone out and just name some random bullshit cause. Say I'll donate to you, donate to yours. You donate to mine. Yep. Let me put you on the spot the way you just put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah. See how they feel.
0: Yep. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Also, whip out your phone and go. Yeah. Um, I'd like you to uh, donate to the uh, kids with no not name brand Nikes. Uh, yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Poor kids with no
1: shoe game. Yeah. Yeah, they get ridiculed at school every day. Word has it they get punched in the nuts. You know. douchebagsandmicrophone.net. douchebags on to microphone.net. Microphone You're your one things. stop it's for douchebaggery. You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe Oh, gosh. They get the old, uh, um, in quotations, Indian sunburn.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Get held down, and they get their yeah. knuckles against the scalp until it's red and hot.
2: Yes, and yeah, so now I think you're supposed days. to say Native American sunburn.
1: Oh, okay, Native. Yeah. Indi- Unless you're indigenous. talking about
2: Southeast Asia, in which case you—oh, wait a minute. Wait you a minute. Hang on. Indian hang on. If you mean, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you can say Indian there. Um, okay. How about indigenous? For this region. Indigenous, Indigenous peoples sunburn. Indigenous peoples sunburn. Yeah, yeah. And then you throw them on the ground and start just like knuckling their head until it's red hot. <laughs> and then you do it some more.
2: It's like at the post office. It's like trying
1: to start a fire with their scalp. There you go. Yes.
2: The post office, we would get talks every winter about watching out for black ice. Which is, you know, it's the I wrong, think that
1: should be African American ice. That's
2: a, yeah, that's just like African
1: American Friday.
2: I would nudge the guy next to me and say, "Hey, why is it got to be black
1: ice?" And He yeah. say, "Yeah, why is it got to be black?" No, I used to work. <laughs> I used to work with a guy that used to say that. Why well, is it going to be? He was just kidding, of course. Yeah, yeah. But you know, so is so
2: this guy. But you know, actually, it's not black. It's clear.
1: Yeah, it is. That's it's right. Clear, but the asphalt is black.
2: Yes. So, so.
1: So if it's on a gravel road, would it be? Uh, Gray eyes. Gray eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So you just say clear. I, let's just, just call clear. what's underneath it. let say nice. invisible eyes. Invisible. A Everyone likes
2: invisible. Oh my God. No, we just, had one carrier there. Just like the there invisible was, ass paddlings. Uh, yeah.
1: Invisible eyes could be just as mean.
2: We had one carrier there was uh, from Jamaica, uh-huh. and uh, he was used to listening to people with Jamaican accents, not American accents, especially mm-hmm. the Midwest. So when the, <laughs> so when the boss would say, "Watch out for black ice." What he heard was "Watch out for black guys."
1: Oh wow! I never even thought about that.
2: So, so here we were having these stand-ups, you know, during the winter month. The boss uh-huh. say, you know, "Watch out for that black ice. It's pretty treacherous." What he was hearing was "Watch out for black guys. They're pretty tre- <laughs> treacherous." So he finally asked somebody, "Why do they keep telling us to watch out for black guys? I'm a black guy. Why? Why is it he- no
1: black ice?" <laughs> Oh. He he was like kind of hurt. Like,
0: yeah, I'm not doing
1: anything to anybody. I don't understand this. He's like walking around for a
2: week with his feelings hurt because the boss was telling everyone to watch out for black guys.
0: (laughs) Will you
1: give me a hug? I feel bad.
2: And he was wondering, he's like, we were all like, yeah, oh yeah, black guys, that's pretty bad. Yeah.
1: And he's like sitting so there thinking, I'm right here. I'm right here. I can hear you guys. What is this, Alabama? Mississippi? I thought this was Kansas. <laughs>
2: that, that, got a good, that got a good laugh from a lot of women. Of course, the story went around. Missouri
1: was a slave state, not Kansas. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. Yes. <laughs> wow. So that was, I never even. That's, yep. that's funny. I mean, not for him for a while, but yep. that is funny, And
2: then every time we'd have, you know, they'd, they'd talk about getting ready for the, the Black Friday, and, and then I'd nudge Hugh and say, hey, why is it going to be Black Friday? And he yeah, why, man? Why is it going to be Black, man? Did he say that? Yeah. I love that. The top of his lungs every time, and then he and I would giggle about it. So.
0: <laughs> then the carriage <authoritarians laughs> will give you a
1: look. Yes. Two troublemakers. They just roll I own roll one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, oh man he was he was a riot his name is Hugh he was really outspoken really loud talked rapid-fire um, he was also Jamaican but he didn't seem to have any accent anymore um, hmm. but uh, he at, at first he really got on my nerves because he was so loud and yeah. no filter whatsoever you know, he'd start talking about it, one of his babies and what was in the diaper and go into great detail and be like, dude, it's eight in the morning and I'm trying to work. I don't want to hear about what's in your baby's diaper. But uh, damn, he was a good worker. Smart, really nice guy. Um, we'd help out anybody. And you know, I just couldn't stay mad at him, you know. Even though most of what he talked about was, gross or disgusting or, Ill, at the very least, distasteful, <laughs> I couldn't stay mad at him because he was a great guy and a real hard worker, and he, he and I got along great after after that initial period. <laughs> but he was a lot of fun to joke with. That's cool. That's yeah. very
0: cool. <laughs> One
2: of the few friends I had at the post office. <laughs> Most of the people, i just, i piss them off, and then that was it, so...
1: One reason he is a friend is because he's coming from um, a different school of thought. You know what I mean? That's Not, the
2: people I tend to get along with. Me too. Is, me is too. That's who I get just, to. You the know. people that
1: don't automatically have the superior complex.
2: Yeah. If if you go along with about eighty five percent of what's going on around you, then we don't have a lot in common. Yeah, you because know, exactly. I'm more I'm of more the 15%. You know? The same here. <laughs> I it, look it, around and see a lot of stuff that should be a whole lot different than this.
1: Well, one of the reasons that you and I are so good on this podcast, some people may differ or may not agree, but one of the reasons you and I are so good on this podcast is because we're both oddballs. Yes. The way we think, the way we look at things, the way everything is, is we do not look at the world on face value. Never have. Neither of you.
2: I don't think my wife and I would be together if we won't won't, won't birth, won't both oddball kind of people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If we weren't both oddball. There we go. I'm having trouble speaking this morning. I'm
1: so odd. And I get along with you both famously because you guys are oddballs. You guys do not... Do not subscribe to the typical way of thinking, which I appreciate so much. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I've learned to hate the mainstream crap, bullshit. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. After my wife's first uh, marriage ended, she got the reputation around work as the one-day wonder. Because she'd go out with a guy one day and it's like, nah, no, this, guy, nah, not this guy's not. No, not so when she and I started dating seriously, and then got engaged, everyone was like, "Oh, we got to meet this guy." <laughs> who, who in the world? Oh no! When I heard when I first up? heard about
1: Christopher, I'm like, "I got to see this guy." Then, but, when I, then when I met you, like even without really talking to you that much, I was like, "Yeah, I get it." Yeah, you could just kind of tell.
2: Yeah, our our senses of humor match really, really yeah. well. And without that, it's it would be...
1: Your seasoning was difficult. not just salt and pepper.
2: Yes. You know,
1: yes. <laughs> it was yeah. like, yeah, a little dash of this, a little <laughs> dash of that. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: So, and, and gosh, it makes life so much more interesting when you can laugh at the yeah. weird stuff, make fun of the of the stupid and goofy stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's rather than just go along and get along and try to be what everybody else wants you to be. Yes. You know, it's, there's... It's a fine line, though. You know, there's there's a lot to be said for you know I don't care what anybody thinks I'm going to be me, versus I got to get along with these people because we're sharing some space here, and I can't yeah. just do whatever the heck I want and have no regard for other people. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta get that you gotta work that fine line of knowing your surroundings and your environment and how far you can go before you start messing up with somebody else's. Karma and existence and life and whatever you want to call Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, but it's it's not how I was raised. More more I was raised more like get along, be polite, be unobtrusive. Um, when you're out in public, everyone else, you know, you're like you should behave like you're in a guest in somebody else's house the whole time. It's like, well, that's wait a what, minute. That's the way with... I was
1: raised, too. Yeah. Um,
2: but it doesn't make sense if you're out in a public place. We are all equal here. But I was told, oh, no, act like you're the guest and you have to be on your best behavior.
1: People have taught me to be the way I am. Yeah. And you, too. hmm You know, when I was younger, you know, I was ridiculed and bullied in school. Yeah. And I sent I've all of them <laughs> that I could get a hold of thank you letters. Oh, wow. All the ones that I could... Because... And I went into great detail about how they made me realize what I am not yeah. and what I never want to be in life mm-hmm. and what I wanted to aspire to.
2: They helped you choose the right road the right, make the right choices. Exactly. Yeah. They,
1: Even though they did not realize it, yeah. they served a very important, important function in, in my mm-hmm. life. They made me determine that I was not a piece of shit like them. They made mm-hmm. me determine that I was not an ordinary fucking just cow cowbell fucking idiot like they were. <laughs> yeah, cow fucking cow turd fucking idiot, <laughs> fucking dirtbag, skull fucking chewing fat fucking piece of shits. <laughs> I was not one of them. Yep. And you can some of you are listening. It's just like my old work. They were vicious about how they let me go. Yeah. Because they simply they didn't need me anymore. I had a new knee and a hurt shoulder. Oh, we're gonna get a younger guy. And they could have done
2: it in a more oh, humane situation. way. they didn't, they didn't way. offer me
1: shit. They just gave me the finger and out the fucking door. Yeah. Now those cocklicks are all getting fucked in the ass by these idiots that they're hiring. And you know what? <laughs> That's funny because I went on to greater things and I'm still working on greater things. This podcast where I work now is an excellent company. They love me. I've excelled there. I did not excel at the old place because I was kept down so they didn't have to pay me more. So once again, it was someone else's bad intentions that led me to good things. Yeah. So thank you, you fucktards over there.
0: <laughs> yeah. By the
1: way, suck my dick again. <laughs>
2: and- at, at the same hey, time, and listen, that we're,
1: anyone listen to this podcast? If you're not used to this, too fucking bad. <laughs> this is what you get. You get real shit here. You don't get this fucking Ryan Seacrest. Oh my god! I went by the museum yesterday, and it was so nice. See, this is
2: the benefit of not being sponsored by anybody. Yeah, not Yeah, I can't come back and pull their sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, we're we are responsible to ourselves. We don't have anyone above us telling us what we can or can't. Allegedly. So allegedly. So (laughs) So we maintain complete freedom to make this as big a train wreck as possible. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Yes.
1: So anyhow, and, and also as far as it comes to my old work, I don't mention it very much anymore, but while we're on the subject, there you go. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Is they tried they didn't care how bad they harmed me. They didn't care how bad they hurt my family. Mm-hmm. They were just like, you know, like, like the dumb shit that let me go. It's just business. Well, we're going to see when they do that to you. Yeah. You're going to have that said back to you, fucktard. We'll see how well you like it.
2: it, it it's, it's odd. It's it's another example of somebody buying the lie that you can Oh, totally this fuck
1: didn't even buy the lie. No, what I'm, he was doing was he was... Sh- oh, I'm sorry. You're I'm just talking somebody.
2: about the, the lie being you can gut your company, trash your employees... Treat your customers like crap, and still make money and still have a viable
0: business. Oh, by the way, newsflash: the,
1: the guy they hired to replace me, they just let go the other day. <laughs> Why was that? Because he was too busy getting drunk and not working.
0: <laughs> I wish work I had out? one of, um,
1: Yeah, how'd that work out, fuck faces <laughs>
2: <laughs> But you no, know, I've seen you see this over and over. A business will, they'll spend years. Maybe decades building up to a certain point, and then someone gets in charge who decides, let's dump all the seasoned, experienced employees and start pay- paying minimal wages. Let's cut benefits. Let's make it a toxic culture. That's that's like dumping the fuel in your airplane. Exactly. You're going to yep. gain some altitude immediately because you've lost some weight, but you just cut your own throat. Yes. And business after business buys into this lie that they can do that and still be around in a year or two. You're not going to. I mean, that's what you do when the thing's about when the house of cards is about to collapse. That's when you turn the money vacuum up on high, and you just basically screw everybody and everything to try to get as much money out before the thing well, falls
1: apart. Well, my personal thought is I think that place is meant to be sold, and I think that they're mm-hmm. going to try to make the margins and numbers look as good as they can before they sell it.
2: Yeah, that's another thing, is, is you make it look good on paper yeah, to get the price up, and then once somebody buys it, you have no staff, no customers, no supply, because everything's been screwed over to make yeah. it look good. You, they spent, they, they mortgaged the future of the company to polish that turd up and make it attractive. Yes, yep. Yeah.
1: Well, it's going to be funny, because the perfect storm's hitting again with interest rates, and... and um, and uh, inflation and everything. I mean, COVID already took a big bite out of their bottom yeah. line, yeah. and uh, that you know. And then all of a sudden, behind that is this. Well, what specifically what they do is not actually. They don't have people don't have to go that far with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they can stop before and not even use them, and that's what's going to happen, and it probably is happening right yeah. now. Yeah. They're probably looking four, six, eight, ten months down the road and going, "Oh shit, we hope this fills up." And, well, guess what? It's not going to. It's not going to. It's going yeah. to fill up is your fucking karma going to fill up? <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to fill up.
2: <laughs> yeah. What what you hope is is that they screw things up so much that nobody wants to buy it. Yeah, that's s- what I'm hoping. And they're just left yeah. with this, you know, carcass that used to be a viable company. Yeah. And now it's just, you know, a worthless building with a pile of crap in it.
1: You know, I want simply as much. I want your ass to go to work for a piece of shit like I did.
2: Yeah, yeah. That... That used to make that used to be what I would think about at the post office. When they talk about privatizing and you know breaking up the post office and well, we'd all be of out now. of jobs and I would think, you know.
1: New for the makers of Guess Who Bit My Asshole Board Game. It's two douchebags bags and a microphone. Action, action, action
0: figure. figures.
1: With these two action figures comes a free bag of Cheetos, a scratch and sniff card, and three free Free mullets mullets. to put on either one of these two douchebags that's right this is all yours from JizzBro act today and get them collect them all, all two of them and have fun act now and get a free at home tank piercing kit with every order that's right, free tank piercing at home no you have a job and they wouldn't the people telling you that wouldn't
2: and you know it would kind of suck for me, but I could probably catch on with whoever's you know taking over for the. You made service. them money. They, the, they did not. The bosses wouldn't. Ca- the bosses would be out there on the unemployment line, yeah. and they say, "Oh, wh- would you work? Wor- wor- your, what's your work experience?" Well, I was a manager at the post office. Really, the post office they got run out of business and just got busted up and privatized. Yeah, Why would we want your managerial? We're not skills? quite. Yeah, we're not quite uh-huh. sure if that's
1: what we're looking for here. Yeah, you know, we're kind of looking at this as being successful. Not um,
2: For a long time, the the politicians, especially the Republican Party, was pushing, privatizing the post office, and they had management on board just stirring up hate against the employees. Yeah, Yeah, that's an old tactic. You break
1: everybody up and divide them and make everybody... Yeah, that happened in our union, a union that I used to be in and all that.
2: But then postal management realized we're going to be the ones nobody wants to hire because most of postal management is redundant. You could do everything they do with about 30% of the workforce they currently have because there's so much busy work and people just justifying their jobs. So enormous amount of waste there in management and any decent company would know that, figure it out. So the vast majority of them would be out. Yeah. So that's what turned Postal Management around. It's like, yeah, let's let's get on board with saving the Postal Service because it's going to screw our jobs up a lot more than these carriers. You know, we, we the carriers tend to be the ones who can go on to a different job, get another job, hook on with Amazon or FedEx or whoever because delivery is delivery. But Postal Management, nobody wants that. No, it's a no. joke. It's it's like military intelligence was a joke that was, everyone laughed at you know, military and intelligence that doesn't make any sense well, postal management is that way
1: well and it also sounds like a lot of troubled people were sent there to get rid of them anyhow
2: yeah it's been a dumping ground it really has
1: so why in the world would anyone want to hire somebody like that? The only reason they True. got where they were at was because they were in trouble in the first place. Yeah. And they had nowhere for him to turn, so they're kind of like, well, the only way we can get out of this and not be sued is promote them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Promote them into a job where they can't do a lot of damage. Yes. And they just pay them until they go away.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. So when people know this... So people automatically would be like, well, we're going to look for someone to hire. I'll look for someone like you. i look for the foot soldier, Mm someone that knew what that was going on and going, hey, you know, you think you could learn this? Do you think you could do that? Yeah. Well, then, okay. You know, and you do them on a per-merit basis at first. You pay them a little bit less and then say, you know, you prove you can do it, and then we'll put you up scale to where your managers are getting there. Mm -hmm. So, anyhow. Uh, while we're talking about this, old employers and spitting in their face and laughing at them and all that, Yeah. Tyreek Hill. What? Have you heard the
2: latest on him? No, I know he keeps yapping about the chiefs and Mahomes. Yeah, homes
1: and- yeah, yeah. Buyer's remorse is what I'd liken it to. Even though he did look really good on that 50-yard pass he caught, although he did have to come in for it because, uh, um, because, uh... Uh, Tua couldn't really hit him in stride. You know, I'm going to have to find some even of those. Even though Tua is so much more accurate. There. Oh, yes. E- yes. Even though Tua is so much more accurate than Mahomes. Yes. Right, Tyreek? <laughs> <So. laughs> I'm
2: going to have to catch some of those Miami games on uh, replay.
1: Well, back. I think this is the only one he played in.
2: Yeah, I could, I could see them not using him a lot, because unless yeah, he's spectacular... They pay a lot of money
1: for him, yeah. they're not using him that much. Yeah,
2: they don't want so, to risk him, and also if he's not working out, they don't want to let anyone know it yet.
1: Exactly. Tyreek Hill says the Kansas City Chiefs basically threw me to the side like I was trash.
2: Bullshit. <laughs> Excuse me.
1: <laughs> yep. No, 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 it's <laughs> um, that, no, That is complete bullshit, because what happened is, is he came to the Chiefs and tried to hold him hostage. And he said, look, yep. he said, um, I'm going to want a guaranteed contract and about $1 million more. So the Chiefs are offering him $22 million, not, uh, not guaranteed, which is something. I do get that. I get mm-hmm. the guaranteed aspect of it because if he's going to blow out his knee yeah. 10 minutes from now, that money is owed to him. Yeah. So, yes, I do get that. But at the time, that's not what he was saying. He was saying that he wanted to be the highest paid ever and that he deserved it and all that. I remember what he was saying.
2: And with his age, you worry about the, the team would worry about large guaranteed amounts because well, he he's old that enough. Type that of guy. He's close. He's he's more likely to get a career ending injury, ending, injury now than he is yeah. than he was ten years ago.
1: You don't pay them. You don't pay them on what they could do because at this point he done everything that he's already done. Yeah. And he doesn't have the type of body that allows him. Not like Kelsey is what a lot taller, a lot lankier. You know, he's short, compact. He has a type of running back body that he could get a season-ending injury at any moment yeah. and pretty much never be the same. Because yeah. once he loses a little bit of that speed, he doesn't have the height <coughs> or the length. Yeah. So once he loses that speed, the which is going to happen and the flexibility, which is yeah. going to happen, then he's not going to be the same anyhow. And yeah. I don't blame the Chiefs for looking at it from that. Now, so uh, on the same on the same token, if someone was to say, hey, would you take him back? Hell oh, yeah, I would. Yeah he's, yeah, he's a
2: talented guy.
1: But under the premise that he did it, they had no choice. Yeah. It basically went on to say that a lot of guys, when they get paid, they stop wanting to get better. And um, he said when the Chiefs uh, when the Chiefs traded him, he kind of took that personal. So now that really motivates him. If that's what he needed for motivation, if that's what he needed for motivation. We're
2: better off without him.
1: Yes, I mean, is that what happened all those games last year when he produced nothing?
2: He just wasn't motivated.
1: Was that it? I
2: could have been. It's it's what he's making it sound like. Or
1: did he maybe slow down just a little bit and he's undersized?
2: Yeah. And he could have been thinking at that point, don't risk myself because this offseason way where another I'm getting paid.
1: Yeah. Well, here's another thing too, is he never really got that huge contract before because he's always been somewhat of a problem child. Yeah. That woman that he was uh, hooked up with that supposedly did the child abuse to his child.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, at first it was thought it was him. hmm And he had problems in Oklahoma with uh, with uh, women, the same group. Domestic situations. Domestic situations. Yeah. So. So messy. Why would anyone give him the huge contract?
2: Yeah, yeah. Except and if you need Miami, a reminder to and look Miami, at Deshaun tra- Watson.
1: Yeah, five draft picks. Hmm. So the Chiefs, their defense is probably twice as good as it was last year, because and they also have some young up-and-comers like Sky Moore. They think he's going to be something. Yeah. That guy has separation speed. Hardman is probably about as fast as. Hill now. Because yeah, I think Hardman's going to step
2: into Hill's role pretty well.
1: Yeah. Well, Hardman is still yet to see. He's done really good, but, you know, he did make the Pro Bowl last year mm-hmm. as a, a returner. Now he needs to step into that role as a receiver to regularly be able to be someone that you can depend on. Yeah. So
2: I don't know that he's going to be number one if uh, Smith-Schuster or MVS, you know, really... Catch on fire beginning of the season. McColl Hardman still. They're be still two. counting
1: Josh Gordon. Yeah,
2: early in training camp they said he was looking good, and then they just quit talking about him.
1: They did quit talking. Yeah, he's probably cut. I mean, yeah. look. I mean, if the guy had anything left in the tank, we would have saw it last year. Yeah, they kept him on
2: all year. He couldn't get on the field last year except yeah. a few times. Yeah. So which yeah.
1: means that he's not even beating out the uh, the backups. Yeah. Yeah. So. So um, Hill went on to say, I take so much pride in this game and wanting to be the best and wanting to help my team win and to have as much success as I can to where I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not going to get to be just another guy. You know, he said, you know, he's not the guy that gets a bag of loot and stops working. Is pretty much all of his quote. Yeah. So... I mean, maybe you ought to quit working your mouth, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: because to me, whenever I see this, buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I want this, and you guys better give it to me, or you're going to trade me. He thought the Chiefs are going to wet down their leg.
2: Yeah, and then the Chiefs say, okay, trade, and then he's all hey. bent about the fact they traded him.
1: Yeah, now all of a sudden he's pissed off. Well, at first he was, and he was like, hallelujah, I get to go to Miami, Miami. Uh-huh. They're an up-and-coming team, and it's Tua, it throws so well. Yeah. So it went from Tua being more accurate than Mahomes. and
2: uh, And now he's just complaining about how badly he was treated here, which yeah, nobody so- else ever does. I mean, Kansas City has got a reputation of being a great place to play. Yes.
1: We would have had a lot more premium players if we had a Mahomes sooner. Yeah. I mean, because one of the biggest issues is is uh, you have a Tom Brady, you have an Aaron Rodgers, people go there for less money because they want to always be in that championship of work. Yeah. They always yeah. want to be spoken of as, hey, they could do it. They want to be in that realm, and they want to always have a chance at it. The only way in this league that you can always have a chance at it, that you can always be in that conversation mm-hmm. is to have that premier quarterback.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. the way
1: the league is now. That's the way it's been going for a long time, and that is what it is. They've so they gone out of their
2: way to make the offense more exciting, more dynamic. They keep nerfing the defensive backs. Yes. Or the term nerfing or gimping. Nerfing. They're,
1: nerfing I've heard a lot. Yeah. Gimping I've heard a little bit, but nerfing is one that I hear the yeah. most.
2: Yeah. um when a, when a football player gets to the point where they're even a halfway decent free agent prospect, mm-hmm. they look for a, a playoff team. That's where you want to go. A team that has a very good chance of at least making the playoffs. Because without that, you're dead in the water. Yes. Now, if you want to go somewhere and he'll be on, you know, like help build a team, that's one thing. But a lot of the players. It's like, okay, I spent five years on this team, and that team was going nowhere. I want to get on a, a playoff team, so I'm going to be in the hunt every year and get to get a ring. You can't say, okay, this team is going to win it every year. you know, used to be able to with dynasty teams, but dynasties have kind of faded a bit.
1: What was the last dynasty? Was it maybe the Cowboys?
2: Patriots, probably. Oh, the Patriots. Yeah, really? and then before them...
1: Yeah, I guess the. Patriots I remember the Cowboys. Were, I remember they the Niners. Like usually had a year or two separating them, but yeah. still they had how many in a you know yeah. in a ten year span?
2: Yeah. But, so yeah, and the but, amount of
1: times they went there, not even the amount of times they won. But yeah, the they
2: just kept there. going and going and going and going. Um, so yeah, the free agents want to look for the playoff team. They want yeah. to get they want to get that shot.
1: I get it. I get it, you know. Yeah. I looked for a winning team when I was looking for a job here a year ago. Yeah, I found a winning team.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't put yourself in a in – You don't get out of a bad situation and go yeah. right I, into a worse one. If I, I went it. from an 0 and 16 <laughs> team
1: to a, uh, here you go, to a 14 and two team. You went not the, better
2: from the Jags to the Rams.
1: Yes, <laughs> very happy about that too. So, hey, you Jags, appropriately <laughs> <Yes>. named Jags. <laughs>
2: I feel so conflicted about the Jacksonville Jaguars because I like the town of Jacksonville.
1: I love the town of Jacksonville, um, and most uh, um, actually even more than anything, think uh, St. Augustine, Augustine. Mm-hmm. If I said that right, I love that beautiful uh, beaches. That town of St. Augustine is so um, old and and just uh, graceful, graceful. Yeah, it's yes, beautiful. But anyhow, the beaches are great. I love yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Um, and I, I like the uniforms. I think Jaguars are you know, a pretty cool animal. They, they just are. They just can't seem to get a consistent, More decent for one, team That together.
1: quarterback that they hired, I never was high on. Uh, the, the one that they drafted. Uh, um, what's his name? Big, uh, tall, fucking long uh, hair. Minshew? No, not No, the Minchu. one they got now? Yeah.
2: Trevor Lawrence? Uh,
1: Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I don't think he's it. And you could, I mean... Look, the jury may still be out on him. I mean, mm-hmm. he hadn't really had an offensive line, and he hadn't really had receivers. He may grow into his own, but I've never liked him. I didn't yeah. like him down there in uh, um, um, shit. the perennial winters he came from. Um, Georgia? Yeah. I never liked him down there. Uh, but, I mean, and just something about his mechanics and the way he threw, I thought he was more part of the system. I could yeah. be totally wrong. His size, though, was great.
2: yeah. But he's not all that beefy. He looks
1: pretty slender. He's very slender, and I mean, he could be subject to injuries. I don't know.
2: But I mean, just physically looking at him, he looks like a wide receiver who's yeah, playing quarterback. Yeah, he really does. He's, you know, he's got that wide receiver look to him.
1: I could understand the interest in him, definitely.
2: Yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll see. But I just, I wish, I wish for good things early. to happen to Jacksonville, just because. Yeah,
1: just because. I mean, they haven't been anything yeah. ever since uh, Mark Brunell and. Uh, Oh, uh, Cochran. Yeah. Tom Coughlin. Oh, they I, had a really good runner there. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Their defense was really good. Yeah. So
2: I've totally given up on the D- Detroit Lions. I mean, I can't even stand anymore. They the had look a great draft. Anymore.
1: Now, Jared Goff can do it. He can do it yeah. without a support. I mean, he has to do it with a supporting cast. He can't just go out there and do it and. I mean, they had a great team and went to the playoffs, didn't they? Even go to the Super? Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl too, with Jared Goff. Won it against the, the Patriots? Lions? Oh, not no, no no. Jared Goff is with the Lions now. Yeah, but the team he was with Goff before. But Jared Goff, when he was with the the um, L. A. Um, Rams. Okay. Jared Goff actually started in St. Louis when they were horrible. Oh wow!
2: That's been a while.
1: Yeah. But Goff, he can, he can maintain enough if you have enough of the supporting cast around him, mainly a really good defense, Yeah. a top-notch defense and a really good running game. But he's not the kind of guy that can just take it on his back and win it. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's his name that they have there from Detroit is uh, really good and always has been really good, and it's great to see him finally get a ring. Um, dang it.
2: Blanking.
0: Uh, hang on.
2: Well, they, they obviously, Detroit wasted some years there with the guy from New England, Patricia, yes. as the head coach. Because that guy couldn't do anything. And he was
1: just... Detroit Lions starting
2: quarterback. Oh, the, wait a minute. No, no, I know that Mike, one. Patricia, Mark, whatever his name was, he just was...
1: L.A. Rams starting quarterback.
2: He was just taking up space.
1: Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was just taking up space, so... Yeah, they hired
2: him because... Because of Bill Belichick and the, mm-hmm. the shine there, and then they got him there and realized that he was nothing. Think of and all the players of... hated him because he was an ass, total asshole, to everybody. Kind of like uh, Urban Meyer was in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah. Um, what about the guy from uh, that's been on uh, Belichick's tit for a long time that just went to uh, um, the Raiders? Went to Denver. Denver. Yeah, Denver. Um, the defensive coordinator.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Now he has Russell Wilson. Uh, or was he? Or was he offense?
2: I, I thought you were talking about the Raiders' new cor- head coach, who's also. Ex- He's also ex Patriots. Ex-Patriots.
1: Yeah. Well, you notice how everyone jumps on the bandwagon. Now it's sexy again to hire a, an ex-Patriot. It wasn't yeah. for a while. For a
2: while there, was everybody was ex-Green Bay. Yeah. Yep. Assistance and yeah. So you get a successful you know, program. Denver head coach hires your assistants away from you. I don't know, with Detroit, I think at least from a public relations standpoint, they should they should do a makeover. You know, change their colors a little bit, update their logo. Cause when I see that that powder blue and silver it's just I just want to change the channel.
1: Yeah. They, I they need agree.
2: they need a makeover, visual makeover. Um, and then they need to back it up with some better play on the field
1: oh no okay you know what i stand corrected hang on denver broncos uh new um head coach is actually nathaniel hackett now do you remember the hackett name
2: i remember buddy hackett <laughs> I remember paul hackett paul hackett i remember dino hackett
1: paul hackett of Martin yeah. schottenheimer i remember That's that yeah that paul hackett yeah
2: okay Dino Hackett was a linebacker. Buddy Hackett was a comedian with the just filthiest, filthiest stand-up show. And
1: as a matter of fact, you know Nathaniel's uh, high school? What? Blue Valley Northwest.
0: Ah!
1: That's uh,
2: right. Marty's kids went to Blue Valley.
1: Yep, yep. But this was uh, Paul Hackett, their offensive coordinator for a few years, yeah. under Marty Schottenheimer. <laughs> okay. Had no idea that was him, so that's how much I've kept in touch with him.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's, anyhow, we do have a lot of listeners in Denver, and I apologize, and we'll try to study up on the uh, on the uh, Broncos um, roster a little bit more mm-hmm. next time before I mouth off.
2: <laughs> but it does show that the good old boy network is still in place, hiring it still is. Yeah. hiring the friends and relatives of former coaches, especially their the wife. I
1: feel, the way I feel is if uh, Marty Schottenheimer ever employed them, even their, even their children, don't get near them. Marty, Hotten, Marty Schottenheimer was just like the epitome of, uh, of um, nepotism. Hired his brother and the people he knew. His and and son. It, he did get a lot out of him. His son. Yeah. yeah. Has
2: Has anybody from Marchie Marty's Marchie's Marty's coaching tree ever been a successful head coach?
1: Well, it wasn't Gunther? I can't let me, think you see here
2: I can't think of any of Marty's assistants that had a good career on their own that you could say they word were
1: a, Marty Schottenheimer's descendants being a head coach
2: descendant might go for his kids but,
1: yeah that's what I was thinking yeah. too I didn't know how to really word it
2: well, well you're checking that let's uh, we talked about yeah, this well, on an it, earlier cast <laughs> um, rule changes that we'd like to see. Yes. In the NFL, since the season is starting. It's a little late, but, you know, they weren't going to take our word, our advice anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Matter of fact, they'd probably go the other way. They'd yeah. say, what did they say? Okay, write it down. Okay.
2: <laughs> Do the opposite. <laughs> 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 well, I would still like to see the players stop signaling first down. When they catch the ball or run or whatever, and they yeah, then they get up and they make the first down. Signal. Well, you
1: can, okay? Here's the deal. I think there's two types of referees:
0: mm-hmm. the ones that
1: believe it automatically, and the ones that go the opposite automatically. I think in order to do that successfully, mm-hmm. you have to know your guy, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I mean, that's the way it looks to me. You have the ones that look up and go, ah, I don't think so. And you got the ones who are like, oh, he said his first down, it must be. Uh-huh. Is that what you're talking about? No, I just think it's,
2: uh, I think it comes under the. Uh, subject of either taunting or unsportsmanlike conduct.
1: Well, I would agree to because they're personnel. over there. They're over there protesting already before anything has been handed down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're over there going first down, first down, and it's like, well, wait a minute, hang on. Uh-huh. Nobody knows that yet.
0: And they I, didn't even know it. I
2: would. I would also like to see an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty when players or anyone on the sideline starts gesturing for a flag to be thrown. They do the, you know, throw the flag motion and call for a flag. That's now, unsportsmanlike. I've got a question.
1: Does that include the look?
2: No, no. So you the open look. your, you they, open they your mouth and make look the look motion. That's the fine. Okay. But like, you open your mouth and say,
1: throw the flag, ref,
2: or you make the motion with your hand of throwing the flag. That's like.
1: Now, what if there was like? Is it null and void because of the penalty that was just served?
2: Could be. Could be. It's like, what I'm basically saying is let the officials do their job. Players, butt out. Stay in your lane. Okay. You know, you don't have the water boy out there uh, trying to spot the ball. You know, it's not his job. So players, let the officials do the officiating. You play the game. Um, Now, as for the balance for that, let's expand instant replay for things like... um, pass interference uh, various other things that they go back and look at so instead of saying call you know instead of saying hey throw the flag throw the flag just go to your sideline and say coach we need to take a look at that play
0: Uh uh-huh
2: that's all you need to do but you know it's more fun to watch the players pop up and do their little celebration thing so
0: yeah i agree
2: that's that's what they're going for is the visual appeal and yeah, i think it would be if they're going to call taunting and unsportsmanlike then call all examples of that and not just certain ones like pointing at somebody when you're running into the end zone yeah remember which, the chiefs which, player got yeah. called for that it's it was, like uh, that's Tyrique. not that's taunting and unsportsmanlike but making the which i never agreed with yeah but making the jerking motion to throw a flag that's not taunting and unsportsmanlike. Like I think the jerking motion is it more it of
1: unsportsmanlike then. than anything yeah, because uh. it's insinuating that the referee is not smart enough to figure this out on his own. Or
2: wasn't watching. Or wasn't
1: watching or something. Or, yeah. If I was a referee I'd be offended. and would be like
2: imagine running up to a cop and yelling at him hey why didn't you pull that car
1: over it was speeding. Same thing. You know, I mean, I think it's like fly. narking, it's like being, <laughs> being a tattletale, a snitch. Uh
0: uh-huh.
1: Dead guy, but well, it goes back to uh, back in the days of bigging. Yeah. Yeah, the coach would never let you turn someone in for holding or tripping. Yep. Because then you got in trouble.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, actually, the whole team got in trouble. My team, right or wrong. Yeah. No, he's the one that he's, he was adamant about. He's the one that should call it. Yeah. He's the only one that knows the rules that well, and you need to stay the hell out of it because that's not – stay in your lane. Yeah. So I agree.
2: Another rule I'd like to see, um, I, I think I mentioned this before, is delay of game. If they're really concerned about delaying the game, then not just five-yard penalty but loss of down too. I agree. That would that would cut out the punters who intentionally take a delay of game so they can back up five yards and kick it from a little farther back.
1: That would also make them try harder on the last couple of plays, trying to get far enough into where they could take that.
2: Uh huh. So, and, or or getting up to the line scrimmage, it's fourth and three, and just you know trying to get the other team to jump off sides and get yes. a cheap first down. Well, okay, but if you let the time run out, turnover on downs, because delay of game means loss of down. I agree. So I would like to see that to cut out some of the the kind of sneaky bullshit stuff the coaches do. Like I'm trying to figure out a way to eliminate that timeout right before a field goal kick because that is childish.
1: Well, in all the commercials, you have to endure 10 minutes of bullshit just to Mm -hmm. get to that one kick.
2: Yeah. And that may be part of the reason that, that nothing will ever get done about that because it's a tense moment. And suddenly you go to two minutes of commercials, yeah. and everyone's paying attention because it's a tense moment in the game.
1: Exactly. Advertisers You're not love leaving, that part. So you see Jake from State Farm yes. Um, yes. Yeah, getting uh, getting paid fucking 30 pounds of fucking beef because he gave some, <laughs> some delivery driver special rates.
2: Yes. And yeah. they're always current State Farm customers who are too stupid to know how their policies work, and Jake, Jake has to explain it to them. Yes. So, yeah, thanks, State Farm, for telling us that we're all fucking morons that don't understand how our insurance works.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: um, exactly. And then, as a matter of fact, a lot of them, I mean, they've gotten so far away from what they're trying to get you to buy that the only reason you know is because of the character that's presented. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, Hi everybody, this is Mr. Creepy. And this is Mr. Creepy Reports with bad product ideas. Number one thing I had turned in me is sandbags for sale in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia and Home Depot should not have sandbags. Those motherfuckers do not buy them. Why do why do you say do they not buy them? Well look fuck none. If you go outside anywhere there you'll see they're not a sand in that fucking area. Why the hell would they buy anywhere? They go out there and box them up themselves. Number two. Lawn sprinklers in the Lake Mead area. If I need to explain that one, either you're a fucking moron, you might as well get off this fucking podcast, go do something productive like, I don't know, twiddle your thumbs. Because everyone knows Lake Mead's down to like fucking five foot. But there's no way you're gonna you're gonna water any lawn there. Besides that, the sun'll kill it anyhow. So you might as well just fucking you just go pack sand, go to Saudi Arabia and try to buy a fucking sandbag. That's what you do. Number three, Death Valley Home Depot buying lawn fertilizer, that's right, no need for that folks, ain't no need for lawn fertilizer because they don't have any fucking lawns, maybe you get tumbleweed fertilizer, I don't know, but no lawn fertilizer, that's for sure, so that's number three, number four is glacier insurance, that shit's too fucking high, because we all know those glaciers are melting like fucking, like a, like a water fountain, so you might as well just go ahead and just go find something else to do besides that, number four Muscle fatigue medicine and muscle cramp medicine for any gaming store. This GameStop or anywhere, all these fucking little pit squeak nerds hang around. They don't need any of that shit, those little fucks. They don't get any physical exercise except the two knuckle shuffle. You know what I mean? That's right. It's Mr. Creepy and I am out. Oh, yeah, fuck you guys. And uh, just now, you guys couldn't see this and it's too bad we didn't have a video up, but we'll get into some of that a little bit later about yes. the new the new um, uh, website and some of the capabilities that we're going for. Mm-hmm. But this uh, chick walked by, it looked like with maybe her mom. And number one, she was too big for the tight clothes she was wearing. It was just really kind of non-flattering at that point. Yeah, yeah. But the main thing was, it's not that. There's plenty of people doing that and that's fine, you know. And I know every now and then my plumber's crack shows and people <laughs> I don't want to see that. And I get it. Okay. That being left alone, the dress... She was wearing an ankle monitor and big fuzzy pink slippers. Yeah. Which is that, that is what really caught us was like, (coughs) did we just see that? Yes, we did. (laughs) Because I had to use the bathroom, I had to walk behind her for a couple of minutes. And yes, that is true. Very interesting. (coughs) I wonder
2: if she she got arrested at home, (coughs) excuse me, got arrested at home in her fuzzy slippers. And then maybe she was just now released with the ankle monitor she hasn't gone home to change her shoe wear yet. <laughs> or she just or, likes to be out in her shell shoes. Uh,
1: can she only be a certain amount of miles away from her home, maybe? Or is this her shopping trip? I think they're all, like, allowed a shopping trip, aren't they, or something? You know, now you get excuse me.
2: I just inhaled a bird feather, I think. I think with some of these ankle monitors, it's you're limited to where you can go. Others, it's... Strictly well, she, to keep track of you, they say stay within the city limits, saying, but you know it's what? just to keep track of you. I me. need
1: to buy some produce to eat, so she yeah. probably, yeah, probably got away with yeah. it.
2: So I, on TV, it's like, oh, you can only go here and you can only go there, and if you deviate, no, they jump on you. And that's yeah, real life is rarely the way it looks on TV. So I can see ankle monitors being as long as you stay in the city limits, you're cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think what it was is probably like, well, I need to get some produce, so here I am at the city market. But yeah. really, they're probably just screwing around all day. There's enough stuff to do here. Yeah.
2: What, uh, what kind of what kind of no good can she get up to down at the city market besides you know this waste of time that we've got going here? Yeah, this is
1: true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I didn't see her volunteering to be on this podcast. No, no,
2: no. <laughs> what we ought to do is pull up a chair and put a sign on it that says "Sit down and join in."
1: Well, you know, when we first started this, people were just coming by and volunteering.
2: Yeah, we had that one guy that stopped by and we talked about music and things. And uh, yeah. we had Deep Brandon, Deep, Deep Sky show yeah. up. And we had a couple other guys. And one guy was a guitar player. He came by and played for a while.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, oh. well. Maybe we're just know. putting off a, a stinky vibe or That's something. That's what I think.
1: I think, I think <laughs> the word's already out. Chevron already banned us, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So... Well, anyhow, you know what, I mean, I, I kinda look at it like this. Chevron's banning this already. That's a pretty damn good start.
2: Yeah, that's that's a club I like being a member of.
1: If there's someone I probably wouldn't like, it's probably Chevron Corporate. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna pretty, say good.
2: Pretty much if one of those big oil companies doesn't like you, it means you're doing something right. We're doing our job right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Because we're we're reporting yeah. against crooks, in my opinion, allegedly. Yes, I yes. Drove.
2: And you know, that was one thing that drove me out of seriously considering uh, being in postal management. I tried on and off for three years, but one of the things seriously was I looked around at the people I was gonna have to associate with on a daily basis. Like, eh, no, I don't like these people. These, These are bad people. <laughs> so I get it. I, that was one it's of the like reasons I decided to go every back. Every day you got to rub elbows with them guy. and
1: agree with them and help them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That would make you a douchebag, that. not a good one. By yeah. an accomplice. That would make me by a tool. By association, it would make you a tool. By yeah. association.
2: By, by absolute definition, I would be a tool.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to be a tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to listen to tool. Well, yeah. But,
1: <laughs> but don't want to be one.
2: Don't want to be one. Love their albums.
1: Yep. All right. Um, okay. A Utah man was arrested Saturday after authorities say he stole an excavator from a construction site, drove it a mile away to a grocery store in Salt Lake City, where he used the machinery machinery to rip up the parking lot.
2: Wow. First thing I thought was, how long does it take to drive an excavator a mile? That's
1: what I was a thinking long too. Time. <laughs> how come? How come a cop kind of like flew in front of him and stopped him? But listen, it gets even better because okay. You know that he went down there and did it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Police began investigating around 12 p.m. after receiving calls about a man randomly digging up a grass strip and a sidewalk outside Smith's grocery store in Salt Lake City. So he got there. Not Set only did up and he get there, working. but he started digging. He was like in the middle of digging up this parking lot. You know, So he got a ways.
2: Wouldn't people just naturally presume, well, he must know what he's doing. Who, well, that's who, would, what I who else would, yeah. So even going down the highway at, you know, four miles an hour, people thought, well, you know, this must be normal.
1: There might be road work coming up or yeah. something. Yeah, I could see that, but police say the subject caused uh, significant damage after hitting a water line and ripping out fiber optics, optics uh, utility lines. The suspect had hopped into the excavator, which uh, had been left running. The construction crew followed the man to see him starting to tear up the parking lot. So not only could they—they they wow. knew he did it—and they followed him. They couldn't stop him. The cops didn't get there in time. So there was so much time had elapsed that mm. uh, mm-hmm. that he he actually he went up there and just started digging up the parking lot.
2: Wow. And, you know, probably the first thing that let people know that this wasn't right was there weren't any cones or barriers up, and when he hit the water main, he didn't stop. He just kept going. That's probably the first point where you would think, hey, something's not right here, because we're so used to seeing construction everywhere we look. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well,
1: I mean, once he's there... Hiding
2: in plain sight.
1: (laughs) Once he's there, I could see people um, being like, okay, well, he's getting paid to do work. Yeah but the construction company that followed him up there and i mean were they afraid to like try to stop him Is that it and they just called the cops and the cops well, can get so. there for a certain amount of time because they were busy with other things
2: well yeah you got to think about liability now i mean who's going to go up there and try to stop the guy if you physically restrain him and he hurts himself then suddenly the company's liable you know what, for you're all right those medical they were probably
1: bills. told to just stand back yeah, and, call, and let the police handle
2: it. It's—I'm sure their lawyers said, you know, don't touch them, Let let the police do everything. Yeah. That way, nobody's getting sued.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And they're like, you, is, know you know it what? It is what it is at this live. point. Let the cops handle it. Yeah. So, it's unclear what the motive was.
2: <laughs> Gosh, just wanted to just wanted to operate a digger. I, yeah, I, I, think I this want to dig up this parking lot.
1: Classic case of drugs or mental illness or both.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think it's because the ch- they overcharged him $2 on his pound of ham.
2: Probably not, no. no it's not generally the reaction you'd have is to no. jump and, in and an if excavator. It,
1: <laughs> if it was a reaction you had, then i go back to what I said before about mental illness and drug abuse. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, mm.
1: yeah, pretty interesting stuff. And yeah. All right. Kind of funny if it's not you that it happens to.
0: Yeah.
2: Now <laughs> well, something I was uh, occurred to me the other day. I'm not sure how well known this period of uh, Kansas City metro history is known. Um, there was a time in 70s, 80s, I think, when. Uh, the real estate agents in the Casey metro area entered into, you could call it an agreement, others call it a conspiracy, because money's involved. Mm-hmm. Let's, we'll go ahead and call it a conspiracy. They, they colluded and conspired together to funnel black people who wanted to buy a house to Grandview, And the idea was, they were under the impression that if you put a black family in a mostly white neighborhood, property values go down. Wow. So let's concentrate them in Grandview, make Grandview the sacrificial lamb, tank all the property values there, and keep all of our white neighborhoods pristine and clean. Now, you know, none of this is legal, none of this is constitutional, none of it was really written down, but. It became obvious that the vast majority of black families buying new homes were doing so in Grandview.
1: You know what? You're right. Absolutely. That's mm. true. Um, because there was a big push. This probably back in the late 70s, early 80s. I
2: think that's about the timeline. Yeah, because that's about when my mom yeah. bought a house in
0: Grandview.
1: Yeah, no, no. My aunt used to live in Grandview. And you could notice, I mean, I, I have nothing against black people, of course, and they're great people. And... and uh, People uh, are
2: people. I want to just get along. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, me too. But you could notice there, that there was a high number of uh, minorities moving in mm-hmm. at that time, and um, I thought like maybe they were doing a push for it. the city of Granby was, but it uh-huh. turns out they weren't.
2: No, this this was a concerted effort. This is this is what the real estate agents, I guess, were considering damage control. They considered. Black families buying houses to be damaging to neighborhoods. Wow. So they're trying to control it by concentrating all of it in Grandview, Missouri. Shouldn't
1: that have been a criminal investigation? It, was. it was. Oh, it, it was. was a Eventually,
2: yeah, I think uh, it, it gives me great People pain. People who think like that. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it gives me great pain to give credit to the Casey Star, but the KC Star ran a lot of stories exposing this. Uh-huh. And it became a big deal, and well, how long I,
1: ago did they expose
2: this? This probably late eighties, early nineties. Okay, well, they, they were a good newspaper.
1: Then. Yeah, they were um, really good for a stretch. There, they were really. I I really enjoyed reading them. Now yeah, it's just garbage. It is. Nobody ever edits it. I I mean, there's just like no absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's right now. The KC Star is print whatever these advertisers want us to print, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's just a shill. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, so. it's
2: just words between the ads. Yeah, so they've but, uncovered uh, a
1: lot of stuff over the years, yeah. but now they're not the same. Yeah, with uh, Klatchky, the owners are a bunch of idiots. So and anyhow, but go ahead. Uh, oh, so, allegedly, uh, in my opinion. Whatever. Yes,
2: allegedly, allegedly yeah. on us. But anyway, not allegedly on what the uh, real estate agency agents and agencies were doing. Um, wow. At the time. Now, it became public knowledge that this mm-hmm. was going on. And it became um, pretty much taboo to do anything like that again for a while. But I don't know that anybody really got prosecuted or paid any kind of fines or penalties or anything because it was all just individual agents. And it was as if they had called them all together at some real estate convention, which is perfectly normal. And then word circulated among I guess primarily the white agents. I've got
1: a question. Was J C Nichols involved?
2: Yeah. Of course. I mean, they Reese were. Nichols, Remax, just all the biggies.
1: When they were involved it was just J C Nichols. And J C Nichols has been taking off a lot of stuff because of racist behavior if you look at it allegedly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's how come Kansas City doesn't attach its name to him too much.
2: Yeah. Because
1: J.C. Nichols is the reason a lot of of out-of-state development didn't happen here in Kansas City. Yeah. They're going to have the tallest buildings in Missouri, if not in a five-state area, on the plaza. Mm -hmm. Right around the plaza, but it turned out to be those three on the hill at Main Street. Yeah. Because J.C. Nichols... Raised so much hell about it yeah. allegedly.
2: Yeah, that um, doesn't want anything towering over his plaza. District. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he threatened to pull everything out and everything yeah. that he'd done. So they're just like, okay, then don't. Yeah, and, and I'm not a big fan of JC Nichols, and I think that they're a piece of crap company. In my opinion, they are. They did bad things, and this is no no different.
2: I, I remember the the plaza in the '70s. Uh You know, not everybody listening was was alive in the 70s or lived here in the 70s, but if you went down to the plaza in the 70s, first of all, you better be white. Yes. Um, If you are white, you better be dressed okay, and you better have short hair if you're a guy, and your car better be decent. Because the they had the, pla- the plaza police. We talked about and the plaza they patrol. Were, yeah, and now they're a bunch
1: of bumbling idiots. I mean, they but they used they to were, come after me with long hair. So, got yeah, you have a little bit of a, a little bit of a tan, shall we say? You uh, know, they were all over you.
2: That was, but you know, that was all that the plaza police, plaza police, the plaza police were supposed to do was to run out. What Nichols considered undesirables. Yes, and they weren't there to prevent crime, or you know, if your car got stolen, or if there was a shot. No, they weren't there for that. They were to look over the people in the plaza, and pass judgment on you. And if they didn't like the way you looked,
1: run you out. Yeah. That was the plaza in the 70s. And it used to piss me off because my starting move whenever I started dating a chick was Swanson's. Yeah. There on the plaza. Yeah. A great place to get ice cream and uh-huh. just sit there and talk and you overlook a Brush Flush Creek. creek. Yeah, yeah, Flush Creek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You can see all the Mission Hills turds yeah. rolling down. It was a great place to get to know somebody. Yeah. Sit on that bench. Yeah. Lick on our ice cream cone, look at each other and go, man, hey, you see that big fucking Cornback Rattler? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Look at that thing squirreling. Yeah. That thing's as big as a boat wonder who shit that one in. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: Nicholson? So, yeah. Well, see, I don't know if any any. No, but I used to go there and get from, followed around. Oh, yeah. Until yeah. I left. Uh, Even
1: on a bench out there in front of, in front of Flush yeah. Creek. I used to get harassed.
2: Now, if you're a, a kind of undesirable-looking guy, but if you're with a decent looking woman or girl teenage girl or gra- whatever you
1: were granted a little leniency then lineage. you got a
2: little you got a yeah no, you got a little was bit just of grace me and
1: you long hair we've been yeah. running right out there just like that but since yeah. we're having ice cream and looking like we're minding our own business mm-hmm. yeah. then that was permitted because you know yeah. she could get mad at you and leave and then at, sudden, yeah. at some point be single and up for grabs and
2: there was a conflict when you know if it was a person of color they try to run them out uh huh But if it was a person of color with an attractive young white woman, what do you do? You don't want to offend the young white woman who's there spending all of daddy's money.
1: Well, back in that day, I'm sure that they probably got greeted with more uh, vigorously. Of running them out because at that point interracial was like really yeah we're talking those type of people forty
2: years ago forty for those plus type years of people ago would have been
1: like oh no no we don't have this around here right they would that, have got run out quicker I would right
2: you at, at that point they didn't even show interracial couples on TV
1: yes exactly so I'm and saying if at you that showed one in a movie it was
2: done for shock effect
1: they would have been run out quicker than us
2: yeah, yeah but there was the conflict of you know this girl's got daddy's credit cards and she's yeah, down here I spending all this that. money yeah. we don't want to piss her off. So, in the, some of those cases, they find out who daddy was and tell him, say, hey, your daughter's dating someone who we don't want down on the plaza. And nine times out of ten, up, they know. had like
1: a MasterCard something. I can't remember the name
2: of it. There's, there's the Platinum American Express and the Gold Platinum, American yeah, Express.
0: Gold,
2: yeah. Yeah, the Diamond Card or the Black, yeah, the, card, the or black card or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, nine times out of ten, daddy would tell his daughters, hey, quit hanging around with that guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, it wouldn't be an issue yeah. after that because then they bring another...
2: So so uh, I could see Nichols being completely behind trying to racially sanitize neighborhoods through home buying. You know, so let's just dump them all in one area.
1: Oh, I could see and, that too.
2: You know, have great property values in all the other areas. But, you know, the, what they miss is the very first presumption they make is... Black families in white neighborhoods will bring the property value down. Mm -hmm. Okay, examine that. It only happens if you make it happen, if you think it's going to happen, or if you believe it's going to happen. Yeah. It's not like some you know magical financial wizardry happens automatically. No, it's because people decide that's what they want to think. Yeah. So change that, then you don't have to worry about who buys what house in what neighborhood, and everybody makes more money. No, no, we'd rather we'd rather be bigots and hate people, yeah. We'd yeah. rather be separate, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh well, that whole school of thought, look where yeah. it him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So but yeah, Nichols, the whole Nichols development did you know JC Nichols started in Wyandotte County?
1: No, I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, there's some there's some neighborhoods he developed in Wyandotte County that are just gorgeous. Beautiful homes, winding streets, beautiful lampposts and lights and stuff. But he quickly discovered Wyandotte's too small. And he couldn't expand the way he wanted to expand, so he moved south you into see, Johnson see, I thought he would have
1: started up on the ridge in Northeast, mm. where a lot of those mansions are, but maybe not. Maybe that was someone else.
2: Yeah, but once he got into Johnson County, um, he really settled in, and he was, he was behind a lot of the legislation that made no major through streets between Johnson County and Wyandotte County.
1: And that's how okay. come one runs north and one runs east and west. They
2: use different, yeah. They they use their numbering systems different. Yeah. Uh, they number the streets different. Their houses what a different. Filthy piece of crap. But yeah, it was a long time before there was any major like four lane road that you could drive from Johnson County into Wyandot County. Yeah, it would days, always stop. There was it not would come any up, 635 pff, county line like, end. Yeah, because yeah, they didn't want. What they didn't want was traffic from Wyandotte County coming into Johnson County. Yes. Um, and it wasn't until Wyandotte County got Cabela's Great the Brown Wolf a Great Wolf Lodge. Uh I called Brown NFL Wolf Lodge, the Brown turd lodge. The um, and then the the, you know, the racetrack all legends, you know, all of a sudden Wyandotte County had a lot going on. Uh, even now, before that, the woodlands, the racetrack for the horses and the dogs. Uh, and all of a sudden uh, Johnson County's like
1: Mercy Stadium uh-huh. uh, and the Sporting KC, um you know, the monarchs, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean they really did a number building that place up, and now they have the Hollywood Casino, home of sports betting. Uh-huh. So suddenly Johnson County's got to kiss up to Wyandotte County because uh-huh. all their people are going there on Sunday.
2: And now Wyandotte County was in position they could afford to build roads leading up to the county line. Yeah. So they were basically telling Johnson County, just get to the county line, and you've got a beautiful four-lane, smooth road. Look at it, brand new for you. Come on. Right, you know, taking you the right to your spending there. destination." yeah and johnson county had to get on board but boy they were kicking and
1: screaming because it was it
2: was the it was the vestige of of white superiority for the whole casey metro
1: yeah it was and And it's like you want to get away from those nasty immigrants? you come over here yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: you know now johnson county is a lot more diverse as far as ethnicity goes yes um they do have that history, though, and they still have that to make up for in a large degree. Yeah. But uh, um, anyway, we started talking about Grandview and how, oh, how yeah. Grandview that, was that, used as a concentration camp for undesirables. It's basically it like this. how it was treated by the real estate Even companies. if you
1: weren't paying attention, you could notice. yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, my my mom moved out there right after I graduated high school. so That'd be '79, and I remember one of the first things she noticed was when people started buying houses, they'd repaint them and they'd repaint them, not the typical leave it to Beaver colors. You know, I know that was black and white, but you know, in the 1950s, no, no, it no, was, I, you'd I have your house would be yeah. white. Or it would be this kind of light green, or it would be this, gray, you know, gray. Or yeah. so, but now people can't paint their colors, their houses, interesting colors, or you know, big designs or something. So that started popping up, and my mom was like, "Oh, this is horrible! Look at these these ugly colors all over these houses." And then, you know, a week or two later, she was she was saying, "Well, I know why they're painting them all these wild colors is because black people live there now." And, like, no, it's because there are younger people living yeah. there now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, black has one thing, but younger is, is, is much more well, of a factor than
1: that. mean, think about it, like, a factor what could have your mom's era or my mom's era or anything was, uh, anything like that was outlandish. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah you're supposed thing. to just blend in and fade yeah, into well, the why background. Why
1: would someone just, do something? Just someone
0: another hair the on the, grain. the
1: sheet. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, are you wanting trouble? Are you trying to get the drug addicts down here? Is that it? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: So then, you know, my mom being the less than enlightened person she was at the time, she was actually just incensed that she'd been, this is her words, duped into buying a house in Grandview when that's when all the real estate companies were funneling the people of color to Grandview. Wow. And she felt like she had been personally, you know, attacked and, and, and taken advantage of um, she did stay there until, for she stayed there about 10 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like she immediately bailed or anything. But she complained about it a lot. I remember that. So, you know, my mom's generation, she was definitely much more of a separate but equal kind of personality. And that's what just made her more comfortable. But... Anyway, I, just, I didn't know if you'd known much of that about Grand history. Well,
1: all I know is about the J.C. Nichols story and how they took him off a lot of fountains and stuff like that. Yeah. And it took his name off a lot of things because they spoke of this racist behavior. Yeah. About how he was for uh, segregation mm-hmm. and... And other things, but I never knew exactly where it came from. Right?
2: Yeah. yeah. So
1: this is probably part of it, but not all of it.
2: But he was all about the real estate. So if there's anything going on in real estate, he was part of it.
1: So it's not running it. He probably didn't view it as personal. He viewed it as business. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, um, I'm sure.
1: Just because it went along
2: with his personal views too, I'm sure made him sleep better at night. But uh, he would have, yeah, no matter right how there, he felt about of people business. of color, he would have done that because it was good for business. That's right. Absolutely.
0: So, so, yeah. yeah.
1: A little bit different, Oda. You know, we're talking about Lake Mead, right? and How they're finding all these bodies. Yeah, oh yeah, finally. They they finally, I positively identified one of them.
0: Oh yeah. A little bit
1: different than what you think, though. Oh. Yeah. For 20 years, the body of Las Vegas father remained hidden from view. But in early May, as the waters of Lake Mead receded from the shoreline, a set of bones were discovered. According to a post on Tom Ernst's Instagram several weeks ago. He was contacted by the Clark County coroner's office. Investigators have been combing through reports of deaths at the lake where the body never uh, surfaced and Tom's father was there, uh, was on their list. They asked Tom for a DNA sample, which he and his sister provided. On Wednesday, the, coroner, the coroner's office announced it was a match. Oh, wow. So they were out on the lake, mm-hmm. and uh, they were all having a good time, and the father jumped in, clowning around. And he's like, oh, I'm drowning, teasing around. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, he went to. Uh, he told KSNV, which is a, uh, a TV station in Las Vegas. He said. Then he said, Oh no, 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 no! I need help for real. I need help. And then they really noticed by then yeah. that he really did need help. By the time Earn and his family was back in cell phone range and in touch with 911, Thomas Earn had disappeared below the surface. So the San Francisco man has been identified as one of the bodies that emerged from Lake Mead as a drought-stricken reservoir shrinks. Yeah. Tom Hurt, then 10 years old, was on a nighttime family boating excursion on the Colorado River Reservoir. That's probably why they couldn't go in after him, I imagine. Yeah. On August 2, 2002, when his father Thomas Hurt playfully jumped into the water, known the loved ones to be a jokester, The, the family first thought he was playing a prank, and then he began to struggle to stay afloat. So, mm. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because, wow. yeah, we have all these um, supposed mobsters and stuff in there, but the first guy that was uh,
2: identified. identified
1: was just a dad that was out yeah. there boating. And, and Boating accidents. Yeah, jumped in, yeah. somehow couldn't stay afloat. Something happened, cramped up. Who knows, you know?
2: You know, you, it, it makes me think, just like a local Lake Smithville, there's a lot of people who have died in that over the yes. decades. Yes, they have. There's Some a lot of, bodies of they have in not there. found. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, they get entangled in things. Yeah. Or move, or move. Yeah. Yeah, and they're
2: like 300 yards farther away, and you just don't think to look there. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. They comb the place, they can't find them, and then they're stuck underneath something for years. And <laughs> the only way you find them is if there's a horrible drought like Lake Mead. Let's yeah. face it, most of these bodies would have never been found. Never. If never. it wasn't for Lake Mead's uh, shrinking. Uh, yeah. Because
2: they never intended that reservoir to ever get that low. No. Because it's a working reservoir. They use it for hydroelectric and drinking water. Yeah. So in order to operate efficiently, those areas never should have gotten above water. So that should have always been a safe place to hide something you want
1: hidden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting because yeah. I was for sure that they going to come back with all these reports of, yeah, this is Sammy the Duck fucking <laughs> you
2: know. Well, the first two bodies they pulled out were adult men who'd been shot in the back. So that's pretty telling in and of itself. So yeah,. <laughs> pretty, and I guess with some of these mobsters, I don't know, if you're dumping them in Lake Mead, do you go to the trouble of removing all their ID if you figure they're never going to get found anyway? Do you do it just because that's thorough?
1: You know that's a good question.
2: I guess you, I guess the smart thing to do would be go ahead and remove
1: the ID in case they serve it. Once again, we reached the end of another broadcast. See you later, motherfucker, yeah.
0: See you later, motherfucker, yeah.